Hey, it's Open Threads. It's my podcast. Welcome to it. My name is Brian Castle, and today I'm talking to my buddy Chris Lemma. Chris is a longtime friend, and uh, you know he's been through uh, quite a journey in his career. Uh, but in this conversation, we talk about the one thing that has been constant in his decades of working in the software and WordPress and non-WordPress spaces over the many years, is that Chris is a coach. Hey, here's my real-time-ish update for you, and I'm recording this one on May 6th, 2024. First, I just want to say that once and for all, the name of this podcast, I'm sticking with the name Open Threads. <laughs> you may have noticed I had briefly renamed it there uh, in early 2024. I was using the name Full Stack Founder. Well, long story short, I'm sunsetting that brand name and that website. It was a short-lived project that just didn't quite stick. So this podcast is back to its original name, Open Threads, from here on out. Okay, so uh, my... So as for my update, uh, you know, my main focus now continues to be instrumental products. That is my product studio where I partner with clients, mainly on UI and UX work. And uh, I specialize in designing modern interfaces for SaaS companies. And I deliver my designs in the form of coded HTML and Tailwind CSS templates and components. So that's the uh, the main um, service that I've been working with a couple of clients lately on, and uh, it's something that I continue to uh, to really double down on the rest of this year. Other than that, I'm spending the rest of my time building out some new software products of my own to uh, to add to my small portfolio. My main SaaS product, Clarity Flow, continues to run smoothly uh, with my small team, and we're always working on some imp improvements there. So that's my update for now. On to the show. <laughs> He's a professional business coach, and so I wanted to really uh, pick his brain about what it's like to be a coach, how he balances coaching with all of his other work in this industry, his personal approach to coaching, what it means to be a coach, and all the different ways that a coach can be successful in helping other people with their businesses and their problems. It's quite an interesting field and, and one that I'm actually really focused on and interested in learning even more about since my product, ZipMessage, is it serves coaches really well and it's turning out to be our primary use case now. So I really got a lot out of this conversation, as I always do when I talk to Chris. Enjoy. I've known you as so many different types. You've been in so many different roles, right? Like between like blogger, speaker, event organizer, CTO, marketing person. Like I feel like one thing that has been constant throughout, and you mentioned it in the last episode here, is that you've been a coach, right? And I'm super interested in that, especially right now, actually, since I'm working on zip message and coaching turns out to be like the best use case for this product, as you know. I've like done a tiny bit of like dabbling and coaching over the years back when I was doing like productized service stuff with folks, but like never as a full-time coach, I've never considered myself a coach. And that's one sort of like one of the fears I have right now with zip message in the direction that it's going, it's focused on coaches. And that's a profession that I personally don't identify with. So I'm trying to learn more about it. And of course you've been a coach for many years. So I guess, why don't you talk a bit about that? Like 
When did you start offering coaching as a service to other people? Why is that something that you've decided to devote a pretty significant portion of your time and energy over many years doing? Yeah. So I did a series of startups a long time ago, and it was after, I think it was after my third. Everyone who does one startup, especially if it's like hardcore, go in, we're all running hard, we're working 20 hours a day, we got VC funding, you're just running to get product launch and then turn around and raise the next round and all that craziness. If they get any level of success, right, they get to the other side of it and they start thinking, I could teach other people how to do this. I didn't do that. I went and did my second startup and we sold that one too. And then I went and did my third startup and we actually folded that one. And then I was getting ready to start the fourth, which we ended up selling fourth and fifth. But I was getting ready to do that when someone said, talk to Chris, right? One founder talked to another founder and said, go talk to Chris. And it was after doing three of these that I realized I still don't know that I have a handle on this, right? Like, because each of the three were different. And you've you've lived in this world, right? As an entrepreneur building product. And some of them might say, well, Brian has done this over and over again. And you're like, yeah, but but let me be clear. Every single one of them was different. And even when some parts were the same, other parts were different. So it's not like you can do one and done and say, I'm a CEO. I've been a founder of a startup and now I'm an expert. In a lot of ways, the, the next one is even harder than the previous one. Yep. And so... When I started doing back then was I, you know, someone said, go talk to Lemma. And I got on a call with them and I said, I don't know if this is helpful at all, right? But here is the way I think about it. And part of who I've always been, part of who I recognize I've been for a really long time is someone who thinks in an abstract way, which means whatever it is you're going through, I'm able to pull up and look at it at one level of abstract, at least one level of abstraction above it which allows me to then summarize, systematize, shape it differently. Like, oh, you're looking at a five-point model, you're looking at a four-point model, but I craft a model to understand. And for me, that was always just, how do I make it easier? Because if I know the model, when I go into the next situation, I go, okay, I need to look for these five things and then do these things. And then let's look at the output. So I introduced someone to one of my frameworks and they were like, this changes everything. So then they went off and did their work and they referenced me to someone else who then called me up and said, hey, can we get a couple of calls? And I'd introduce a slightly different framework for something different. And then they'd be like, this changes everything, right? And so coaching, I don't submit that coaching is for everyone. Like, oh, if you know how to do something, you should be a coach, right? But I think when you are able to systematize and strategize, when you're able to abstract, becomes really helpful to then take knowledge abstracted and deliver it to other people and have them go after it, it becomes really enjoyable to watch it go to work, right? And it also- And just the, the value lab. of having a sounding board, someone to think through it at a deep level, you know? Yeah. So I started that a long time ago, now more than 20 years ago. And I would go from in certain quarters, I might coach two people in the quarter, right? Like two people consistently, like every other week or something. And then I'd have other quarters or years where I might be coaching 15 people. And so it would fluctuate depending on what job I was in, depending on how much time I needed to give it, et cetera. But I've been doing it nonstop for more than 20 years. And I have so many questions around this, like how around the structure and the logistics of it, especially since I don't think you've ever been a full-time coach, right? Like you've always had your role at some company. I was a full-time coach for a year when I left Crowd Favorite and I, okay. and before I joined Liquid Web, I had a year off where I just said, I'll, I'll just keep a couple of coaching just clients. Coaching. Yeah. So I'm sure it's, evolved and changed over the years. But what generally, like, what is the structure of, let's say, like working with you as a coach? Like, what does that typically look like in terms of how yeah. long does a single call go for? How many calls in a month? How many months do you yep. do it? Like, yeah. Yep. So what I do is I have two programs 
two times a month or four times a month. So every other week or every week. The majority of people start at two times a month because at some point you're going to make them do some homework. And, and on a weekly basis, they have to be really ready and have the appetite for turning stuff around and getting right back the next week, right? So two times a month and four times a month. And both of those are hour-long calls. Most of the time I do my coaching before 9 a.m. or after 4 p.m., right? So I keep my daytime for my daytime job. And I do stuff in the morning and do stuff in the late afternoon, evening. And I tell people that for the most part, it's about we start with a three month commitment. And after the three month, it'll go month to month and people can decide if they want to keep going or not. The average is somewhere around 12 months. I have some that are now going on three years, yeah. others that finish off at three months and go, that's all I needed. Right. And you go, OK. And you yeah, learn it makes sense to, not- to have that have that initial three months. Yeah. commitment, right? Because I mean, I'm sure it's like a, I've been in many mastermind groups over the years and it doesn't start to really gel until you're in it for yeah. several months. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, right? If I didn't have zip message and back when I didn't have zip message saying to someone, you also have offline asynchronous access to me in between our calls didn't mean as much, right? Because what would happen is you'd say, no, no, no if you need something, hit me up an email, right? And one of every 10 coaching clients would send something in between that would say, hey, I got this contract from this vendor. Can you review it and tell me if, if making any mistakes to sign it? But everybody else would just wait till the call because it's the call. It's the visual connection and interaction. And by the way, when I coach founders and owners, sometimes they bring their co-founder or their executive team to the call, right? So I allow that. So I'm like, hey, bring your whole exec team if you want. I don't care. Yeah. But in doing that, right? Sometimes I'm playing referee between two people. Sometimes I'm pushing different parts of the organization to flex or change. And in between, I would say you have access to me asynchronously, right? It's not like you can call me in the middle of the day because I have a day job. But with zip message, it dramatically changed, right? Because I would send them the welcome to the asynchronous model in zip message. And then they would just, oh, I have a place to go when I want to. Hey, here's a question. Hey, a lot of times I give assignments, right? So I say, hey, do me a favor. Go look at the flow of this work that you're doing. Break it up by piece. And let's talk about who the players are, how many touch points there are, how much energy is involved, how much effort and what the cost model looks like. So we can look at the unit economics of the service you're providing. And they would go do that. And then they would wait till our coaching call to show it to me. I'm like, you don't have to wait. Send it to me asynchronously. Walk through a video showing me the whole thing. I'll reply tomorrow night on that and we can keep be making progress. So by the time we get on the next call, we're not burning time talking about the thing that. Yeah. And so zip message became became one of the ways that we do homework back and forth and challenging each other in the midst of that in between the calls. I love it. And and just in my zip message, I don't mean to just focus on my product here, but like what I find in almost all of my async conversations, I'm doing a lot of them with my team right now. The the team has been growing. Having that space in between each message or question and then the response or feedback and then a feedback back on that and bouncing it back and forth. Having space of hours or days in between those and even just the space to prepare my next message or my next response just adds such a level of quality and clarity and moves the ball forward. You know, because I always find like when I'm on a live call with someone, it feels like I'm on the spot. I have to come up with my next response like right now. But if I have time to digest it and think about it, even jot down a few notes before I send it off or record it and then re-record it before I send it off. And that's for internal thinkers, right? For people who want to slow down and process before they say something, that's definitely a value. 
For external thinkers, for people like myself who are always ready with the next answer and very comfortable with the next story and know exactly what they're going to say, there is still a value for the asynchronous messaging. And part of that is when I have to tell you something that is hard to hear. If I'm looking at Brian and I go, Brian, your messaging is completely 100% wrong. You have missed the boat, right? If I do that live, it can feel like an attack and you're looking at where do I hide? I have nowhere to go, right? But if I do that in a video message where I go, hey, Brian, I don't know, maybe I misread it, but it feels like this is in a different direction than we talked about. And I'm not sure you're hitting the points. Like, look at this one and look at this one. I can still record all my thoughts, right? But you hearing it without me being present for you to hear it gives you a little bit of cover so that when you watch it, you might even flare up initially like he's wrong. But the more you think about it and even you can hit replay and hear it again and go, no, no, he may be right. And then you can hit your own recording and come back and say, you know what? I think on most of those, you are right. And I'm going to go you know, work it, on that. It's so true. And like, because I receive a lot of ZMs with like, this is broken, that's broken, the product's not working for this or that. And uh, yeah, it's like, you know, there's always the initial like emotion of receiving it, but then I'll go take a walk. That is something we need to fix or whatever it is. And so much better when it's not live, right? Yeah. So, but let me, let me your, back up. Let me yeah. back up for a second because we jumped right into the actual coaching and we skipped one of the most valuable pieces of coaching, one of the hardest parts of coaching and most valuable places where zip message sits is before you sign up a client. Yeah. So, so selling any kind of knowledge or expertise is completely different than selling a shoe. When you sell a shoe, you sell a physical object, you're talking about the attributes of the object. Is it the right size, the right color? Does it have the right fit? And you're judging the shoe. And even if you don't like this one shoe by Nike, you don't hate Nike. You just don't like this shoe, right? So it is abstracted already. When you sell knowledge and expertise, it feels very, very close to who you are, right? And when someone rejects you, it can feel like they're rejecting you, not your offering. And that can be painful. It's also difficult to know how do you sell, right? How do you close a deal when it's abstract? There's nothing to show. Like you don't have the physical shoe, right? Yeah. And my answer to that forever, right, has been you need to use story or narrative. You need to be able to tell rapid versions of case studies. Here's where they were and here's what happened at the end. You need to be able to tell prediction stories. Here's what you're about to experience, whatever, because that makes you feel like a magician. But the most important part of that is you're not going to close those deals on email. You're not going to close those deals on the phone. You're going to need to get on video because people are buying someone they can trust. They're buying someone that they feel good working with. Yeah. The product is the communication, is the relationship, yep. right? And there may be a hundred coaches and the bottom line is they got to be comfortable with you, right? They got to feel yeah. like I would like you on my team. I want you on my team. And zip message in that pre-sales environment, which allows you to use video, allows you to tell stories, but it doesn't burn up your time. I can't tell 20 minute stories when we have a 20 minute call, right? But in an asynchronous dynamic, I can throw out a story and be comfortable sending it out there and then wait for them to come back and then I can send them another one. And I can do this back and forth three, four times and they'll also go, oh, I get it. Like he tells stories, that's his way and I'm comfortable with that. Versus someone else who goes, no, this guy talks too much. I don't want this, right? Great, move on, right? But that video piece, even though it's asynchronous, is what yeah. helps build the trust and lets people say yes. Yeah, totally. And again, like I've seen that in the hiring process, especially as well, right? Like it's a way to, because I'll have like a quick Zoom call 
to just get to know the person like a first interview, but then to really see what it's like to go back and forth over the course of a week or two before we actually start working together really, really helps a lot. So I'm curious to know, like one thing that like, it's obvious, like you've always had like the energy of, of this like extrovert conversation. Like, but when I think about the number of hours that you devote to coaching and talking to people, and then you go do the role throughout the day, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Like, how are you managing? Because I have done some coaching calls through my productized program that I used to do years ago. And like, Every time I would just do one, like one hour with someone, my afternoon is like shot. I'm exhausted. Do you set like limits? Do you have like routines? And also like how much are you thinking about someone else's problems, someone else's business, and you've got your own stuff going on? Like how do you kind of balance all that? Yeah. So I have a buddy of mine. When he does one hour coaching, he first frets for the first three hours before the hour, right? You know my buddy, Sean Hesketh, who runs WP101, right? Three hours of stressing out. He gets on the call, he does the call, and he does amazingly on the call. And then he has another two hours of downtime of trying to recover from it because he's so exhausted, right? And it cracks me up. Like when I invite him to Cabo Press, I joke with him that I'm only going to tell him his topic the morning of his session so that he can only stress between the morning and his session. Because if I give it to him in advance, he's going to stress out the whole time, right? I am not plagued with that particular. I relate to Sean. I've known him for many years. He's like a creative, like tech tweaker like me. So yeah, totally. I am not played with that. But that's also because of the specific mix of who I am is that I collect stories. Some of those stories I've lived through, some of those stories I read about. So if you and I get on a coaching call and you say something that is about a problem that you have, I likely already have a story that will make my point for me. And now it's just fun to tell you the story. It's like you go to see a movie and I just walk you through the story. And initially you're like, where's this going? If I do it right. Where's this going? And then all of a sudden it drops about two minutes before I'm about to give you the punchline. And you're like, I know exactly where you're going now. Now, oh, this totally makes sense. But I also know that once you get it, you will remember it because of the story rather than if I just told you the main point. But story for me gives me life. It doesn't deprive me of anything. It doesn't take away my energy. In between times when I'm not focused, I spend a lot of time thinking about my coaching clients as well as thinking about my day job. So I'm always ruminating and always thinking. And I'm reading a lot. And so then I'm thinking about how what I've read applies to this and that. I show up to every coaching call with an agenda. I show up to every call with a, I want to poke into this area. But sometimes the person I'm coaching will come to the call with their own agenda. Hey, real quick. This podcast is sponsored by Instrumental Products. That's my product studio, where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. I'm a full stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of instrumental products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. I'm curious about that. How does that typically work? Because like a founder or a business has things that are just going on like this quarter. How does that And so what I tell people, yep, what I tell them is, hey, you come with something, bring it. We will deal with that until it's closed off. And then if there's still time, then I'll bring up whatever I want to, right? And so what happens is let's say I come and I'm like, okay, I want to talk about your Right now, your lead gen approach, you're not using an indirect lead gen approach. 
So I don't see any distribution channels. I don't see any partners that are pitching you to their customer. I don't see any of that happening. So I'm prepared to come. I'm prepared with some stories, some strategies, a framework. Here's what I want for you. I get there and they go, hey, we have an employee who is a problem and we need to fire them. And I swear to God, I've never fired a person in my life. And how do I do this? I go, not a problem. I'm going to give you a three-step framework for firing someone. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the three steps. Let's practice it through. Da, da, da. It may take 45 of the hour of our hour, 45 minutes of our hour. And they'll go, oh, wait, did you have something? And I'm like, we'll deal with it next week, right? Right now, the biggest thing was firing, which by the way, we should spend 15, our last 15 minutes talking about how we hire the right people so that you have this happen less often, right? Yeah. And, and how so do we structure it like long-term? Like, are you set... You do the initial three months. Are you thinking about like long-term goals, like mapping out? Is it different for every client? Yeah. How, how are you thinking so, about that? So different clients function differently. Some will come and say, I want to grow in this way, or I want to drive this specific change. And then we'll go, okay, so let's break out how we do that. And I will tell you, okay, you need to do A before B and B before C and C before D. And so that's what we're going to cover over the three months. Others will come in saying, listen, I've talked to these other people. They say that you're the most indispensable part of their team. I want you on my team. What things can you cover? I rattle off 20 things we could cover. They go, ah, these three feel important right now. So we go into those three for a period of time. And then they're like, hey, let's talk about this other one now. And then let's talk about this other one. And we just keep moving, right? But it's because what I promise them up front is that they're not going to go through a coaching program. So I am not against other people. There are other people that have very specific models, right? And that model may be, I have a coaching program in 16 yeah. weeks and each week we're going to talk about something. It's like you're asking all the questions like right before I actually ask. <laughs> like yeah. the one thing that I do notice with the landscape of coaches is like you said, like there's some that are just like, bring me on it. And like, I like how you're describing it as like, bring me on to your team. Like I'm yeah. part of your team. We're going to work through whatever comes up, wherever you're going, we'll work through it together. Like I like that. And then there are, there's a whole lot of coaches who I have a 12-week program. If you have this specific problem, I have this solution for that, then you're a perfect fit. Let's run through the program. And that, I think both are valid, but both are sold and like and offered in a very, or almost two completely different things, even though both might they consider are. them a coach. They're really different. And frankly, I have a signature system and it's a 12-week system. And I'm going to walk you through my, my four frameworks. And at the end of this, you're going to be able to do X, Y, Z. I can't do it. I just yeah. can't. Because every client I've ever had is nuanced and different. And so me just saying, hey, forget about your nuances. I'm going to shove a pre-made system and then you're going to like it. That is just not me. I cannot pull that off. And so for me, I'm like, well, let's go figure out who you are and what, what do you have on your team? What assets do you have? And so I talk about this only in my family and now apparently on this podcast. I talk about this as human chess. And human chess is about knowing each piece, how it moves. And then how to build a strategy using all the pieces to beat the competition. And human chess can feel in the hands of someone who is not trustworthy as manipulation, right? You're just moving piece around, you're using people. And you go, no, 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 no. My objective is not to use anyone. My objective is to say, if you have this set of resources, then your best strategy to utilize these resources is to go this direction. If you have these resources, then your best strategy is to go this direction. I don't think you can do that at 27, right? At 51 and this year I'll be 52. When you're older and if and if you've spent a lifetime studying this and doing this and playing this out and working through, I think this plays to my strengths 
I'm very comfortable saying every one of you needs a different strategy because you have different resources in-house and your competition is different. The context you're in is different. And now let's go solve that puzzle together. It seems like it's more optimized for like direct access, whether it's asynchronous or live, it's, it's all direct. Like you're talking to, to Chris when you're working with yeah, Chris, the, you're, you're working with Chris, like other programs. 12 week program could be an online course. Yeah, exactly. It could be a course or, or it could even be scaled up with multiple coaches who just implement yep. the program, right? Yep. Yeah. Interesting. How long do you expect that you'll continue? Like is coaching going to just, again, like you've just transitioned into a new job in 2022, you know, does that impact your, the amount of coaching that you're doing? Is it still something that you want to continue doing for a while? Yeah, I'll keep coaching because I think at its core, if you went and chatted with, I think we both know Jessica Frick, who is now over at pressable.com. I'm sure there are other people we both know. If you go talk to people that have been in my employ, who've been on my teams that I have led, every one of them will say, like his first superpower strategy, his second is coaching. Like he can't help but coach even our employees in the corporate structure. Like he's going to coach. He's going to make every person on his team better. That's who he is. And so whether it's in my day job or it's or it's outside my day job, right? I don't think, I mean, I can't stop coaching any more than I can't stop telling a story, right? That's just who I am. And so the fact that I've generated a nice, healthy revenue stream from it is beneficial. But even if I was broke, I'd still be coaching, right? Yeah, totally. Because it's one of those things. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about like, how do you have the energy to, to balance out like all these different conversations and dealing through these problems? I mean, one thing that I've found is that it's actually pretty energizing for me to dig into other friends' business problems, whether it's like when I go to Cabo Press several times, which is amazing. And I go to other, you know, small retreats with, with friends over the years, mastermind retreats. It's a break from my business, but we still get to talk about business and it's like super energizing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I'll keep doing it, which means that I'll be like a lifetime subscriber of Zip Message forever, right? So whenever Zip Message does a lifetime deal, that's what I'm signing up for because it's well, been- Well, we're not WordPress over here. I don't expect any uh, lifetime deal. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like Zip Message, it's right now, I am trying to study coaches. Yeah. It's been so weird because it's like- We talked about it ages ago. That's, right? that's the thing. Very early on, like in the first like three months or so of starting Zip Message back in 2021, I was like, man, I, I really need to niche this down. Like it can't be so wide. And there are some coaches that seems like an obvious use case. But then I got all this feedback and mixed messages like, ah, no, it, it's just a horizontal product. So I let that go for a year being super horizontal. And then here I am a year later. And it's like, you know what? It does need to go. And coaching, they do tend to be the best users. And so that's where we have the conversational piece, the, the async conversations piece. And I'm yeah. starting to... It's so early stages, but I'm thinking about like, how far do we double down into coaching as a product and a solution to cover like all the areas of a coaching engagement? And that's where you go, okay, so I'm using this for the communication. Do I add billing to this, right? Do I add scheduling for synchronous calls, right? Do I add a synchronous somewhere sitting in here? And you go, no, the synchronous thing is off brand, right? So I'm going to close one down, but maybe yes to billing, right? And so this is the very nature of my coaching, right? Is where you go, okay, let's talk about product strategy. Product strategy isn't just let's go build stuff. It's about what do you say yes to and what do you say no to? More often than not, saying no is what's really critical because saying no allows you the freedom to have the time to go say yes to something valuable. And then you go, okay, let's go from here. What I will tell you as a coach is right now, all of my frameworks, so files are 
Dropbox links, right? And you can imagine if you're a coach wanting to be able to load up, which makes ZipMessage stickier, if I say, oh, I've loaded all my frameworks in here so that I can share a ZM link, but that also means, oh gosh, I don't wanna leave ZipMessage because it has all my stuff already preset in there, right? And so yeah. things that make it stickier, having that file archive that allows me to share my it's frameworks been, easily becomes interesting. And this, is, this has been one of the challenges with me with ZipMessage, how it's evolved over the last, it's only been like a year and a half, yeah. Like technically we sort of have the ability to do that. We have, we have message templates. You can make them text. You can have links and, and have those ready to go, but those look nothing like what you're trying to do. Like it right. doesn't actually, it's and not it's, like and it doesn't solve the job to be done. And it's four interface. and it's four steps, right? You're like, why would I jump through four hoops to do yeah. this one thing? Right. And you're like, no, in zip message, I need a resource library. And then if I just load all my resource in the resource library, then each one has a link and I can go, oh, share that with this guy. Right. Yeah. Super interesting. Anyway, I got to bounce, but this yeah. is awesome. Of course, anyone listening should hear two things. Number one, I'm a coach. So if you need coaching, ping me. And number two, I couldn't do coaching without ZipMessage. I love ZipMessage. And if you're not using it, you should definitely check it out. Well, we're going to get Chris's Twitter and websites and, and everything linked up in the show notes. Chris, you're the man. Thanks for doing this. Always Thanks awesome. for hanging out, buddy. Catch up. All right. Have a good one. Yep. Take care. That does it for today's episode of Open Threads. What'd you think? Let me know on Twitter or X. I'm at CastJam. And you can find the full videos for all episodes of Open Threads on the YouTube channel for this podcast. That's youtube.com slash open threads. One more thing. I'd really appreciate if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. That helps a lot. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one.